You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Today on the show, we had uh, one of our favorite guests, Kirsten Weisenberger. Um, we got a little introspective and started talking about um, human nature and emotional pain, shame, the purpose of prejudice, um, a bunch of other things. We also talked about aliens and the nature of evil. Um, we really went down the rabbit hole in the first half. Uh, in the second half, we talked about online bullying and talked about her recent takeover of uh, our podcast and how that went for her. Um, we also talked about a whole much more. So without further preamble, uh, here is a lovely and talented Kirsten Weisenberger on Fire in the Hole. I stopped online dating. Don't like it. Now I just date the old-fashioned way. I just walk outside and hope... That's how people used to date before online dating. You would just put makeup on and go outside and be like, ta da! And it's my fault. And you're like, okay, but then what? Mm. Like it's it's it doesn't really go anywhere. What, even if someone went, yeah, I fucked up. It was me. Yeah. That's kind of a dead end, right? You can't. It doesn't really. You're like, okay, well now I feel great about all the bad stuff that happened because now I found a place to point to and a place, person to blame for it. You kind of still feel shitty. The re- the healthy response to that at least if you're all in the same place and it's something you can fix is let's stop assigning blame and just fix it together right let's just solve this fucking problem mm-hmm. um get Push away from them. who who's who's who did what to when with whom and just say well here we are let's fix it isn't yeah isn't that always where it breaks down like the second you're having an argument let's say with someone the second that other person goes well what about the time that you didn't care <laughs> I actually had a I had a girlfriend tell me that like this is a long time ago. But she actually used those words. What about the time you didn't care? And I was like, wow, that's really that's like that's a no win. That's a Kobayashi Maru situation. Like that's a no win. What do you do with that, right? I'm like, do I say which time? In which case, I admit that there were several times that I didn't care, or it's a no win. Well, it's clear that she's been holding on to something, hmm. and maybe she shouldn't have been holding on to it, but she is, and then it has to be exposed, it has right? To be, it has to be explored. Has to be, yeah. Or, or it's it's just going to stay there and make get and fester. Get fest, and fester, yeah. At the end of the day, that's really what we're talking about here is, is to let go of shit. Yeah. The Why is festering. that so hard? Oh. What what is it about? Are we are there's little is there a little masochist inside every person going like now nah, hold on to this? Yeah. 
It poisons your every waking and sleeping moment, but just hold on to it a little bit longer. <laughs> just for you. Yeah. And that's the weirdest thing is when you hold on to it much longer, when it's especially something that involves other people and you hold on to it, but really it's just poisoning you because those other people don't give a shit. Hey, they've moved on, yeah. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and you're just like... Argh. And you get more mad at them because what about that time that they didn't care, right? You get even more angry at them because you feel like, well, they must be aware of it as much as I'm aware of it. So their and their coldness must be just complete apathy <laughs> at this point, as opposed to them just not thinking about it, right? I guess. Yeah. Do you even have any idea what I'm talking about here? Am I ever have I gone have I gone off the reservation off here? Off the deep end. Well, things that are important to you aren't important to other people. Correct. Right? Like we have we have kind of a built-in mechanism by which we filter out so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's so much stimuli and there's so many interactions that go on on a daily basis. Just like millions and millions and millions of things that you could assign importance to. The, I've, I find it fascinating that the, the mechanism by which we assign importance to things and the things that you will hold on to that are important to you will not be important to someone else, right? Like that time you met a celebrity and it was like this, the biggest thing ever. And you ran across the street and said, like, I really love your work. That meant a lot to you, but that... Yeah, could not give a fuck. Right, to the other person, and not by that, maliciousness, just no, not at all. Just that we 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 lack the 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 capacity to remember everything. We just don't have the storage space. Right. So we we tend to filter out things that are similar to one another. The, re- the reason we can't remember what you had for breakfast yesterday because it blends in with all the other breakfasts. Let's say there's nothing mm-hmm. special about it, but then there's something that was like devastating to you or something that was different then that sticks in your mind, you know? Like, you can remember a vacation a lot better than you can remember what you did last Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Definitely bad stuff has a way of being more detailed in, in your in your memory than good stuff. For sure. Because I, th- I think we've evolved in a way to place importance on things that have hurt us in the past, either physically or emotionally, in order to allow us to avoid them and recognize them in future. Right. Is that kind of like a evolutionary thing yeah I, I like one of those limbs that we grew that we don't need anymore like when we evolve a lot of things that hurt us are a life and death kind of thing right like mm. oh that crocodile can eat my babies therefore i'm going to learn to stay away but now someone says something that hurts our feelings and we mm. we can get all torn up about it and it becomes this pain point if we just become kind of distorted that way with our, yeah, our evolutionary development but i think your ability to avoid things that are hurtful or harmful and to recognize patterns like so like with your alligator example it could be another animal with large teeth and mm. like you know that are that's similarly threatening you know for but sure i think that that's important but it's also something that we need to control because it's also the source of prejudice or has our society right. become so refined that things people say and how they make us feel can actually affect our long-term well-being and survival inside the herd or the group you know Mm -hmm. like if you don't pay attention to this if you don't pay attention to what other people think or these feelings that you're having maybe you're going to be jeopardized in one way or another right maybe and you have a couple of, of options at that point you either avoid that that stimuli 
Or you just get over it so it doesn't I'll never love anymore. again, right? Yeah. Yeah. No more Mr. <laughs> nice Guy. That type, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so it's a once bitten, twice shy sort of response. Maybe. But I wonder sometimes when it comes to emotional pain, if the revisiting of it, the sickness that comes from the, the bad experience, mm-hmm. if it's um, like a metaphysical version of a fever, right? Because if the body's attacked or you ate something that was is poisoning you, there's always a little rumble in your body first, and then it gets tries to like cast it out as fast as possible, right? Right. Um, foreign objects or whatever, <laughs> and whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is, right? Yeah. So, you know, like bad fish, chuck it, right? Rawr. And in fact, was it the somebody was saying that like the all the symptoms of a cold? Are what again? They're um, it's the immune system getting rid of the bacteria. Yeah, it's the immune system like just like screw like you're trying just like ejecting everything. Eject, eject, eject. Right. Yeah, that's why you're sneezing, coughing. You're just trying to get everything out. Right, but we we can't really, please pardon the metaphor here, but we can't really emotionally vomit, right? It's not that efficient. We can't just go like blah, 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 outside and then come back. Some like, people can. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know who they are. <laughs> it's you and, you and you and you over there. <laughs> like we can vent, but I don't know. There seems like there needs to be like a period of, of turmoil internally. I mean, there's a, there's a healthy way of dealing with, with, with that kind of uh, trauma and there's unhealthy. And you can go even like, you can go too far down that down that path i think it's like mm-hmm. post traumatic stress right right it's the same thing it's like you keep reliving the same thing over and over and over again because you don't have the tools you're not you're not equipped to deal with it or i think you forget sometimes what you're doing you're just repeating it by by uh by your by uh, instinct mm-hmm. like i've caught myself sometimes like walking and you know when you go into the zone and you're walking and I'll lock in into this horrible thing that happened to me like five years ago. Yeah. And I'm replaying this in my mind. And then suddenly I literally go, Jason, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. The hell is this? This was a you shit. masochist. What the yeah. fuck are you doing to yourself? Yeah. And then my brain, I'll just snap out of it and then boop doo and I'll just move on. But I literally, my brain will just wander back into a horrible memory. Hmm. Of of when you like embarrassed yourself horribly or something embarrassed myself or i i jumped to conclusions and hurt maybe someone else's feelings hmm. uh, i was a dick someone was a dick to me that's that's um what the fuck is that that's it's, shame it's terrible it's shame and and that's one of the primary ways that we change hmm. shame you, is ch- change change you do something horrible or that's out of character and then you feel bad about it either because somebody externally pointed it out to you or that you just realized like what the fuck did i just do and then you 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 have you experience this anguish about it and then it's kind of it forces you to not repeat that same action or that same type of behavior in order to avoid that same kind of pain Hmm. so that's like a sort of a constant reminder like Like, don't do this don't do that again basically Ah. does that come from our parents from when we're really young (laughs) and we do something bad and we feel shame and then it is it is it culturally the same everywhere is it something that we i don't know i mean i'm certainly no expert but well you uh, sound like it motherfuckers (laughs) yeah come on keep the wisdom coming it's just the voice don't get all self-conscious now i think it's just because (laughs) we're we're a social creature 
and um, and we need to we need to act in a certain way in order to create societies so shame has a purpose and conforming to like normal normal behavior healthy quotes, behaviors yeah, yeah has a purpose in terms of creating a cohesive society right. and protecting us from alligators but the problem is we also live completely and ourselves, ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly our internal alligators <laughs> yeah. um internal alligators, inter- internal alligators yeah it's also the fact that we live we we keep establishing that we live in a wholly unnatural way um not just the way we eat and how we live in concrete like zoos and all this stuff but the way with the social constructs right they're all these these ideas and we, we kind of all have to we all kind of have to have to pretend to a large extent to to uh, be able to follow these rules right yeah because imagine if we didn't it right. would be mayhem there was a time right <laughs> and there are still brief moments in history where that falls apart yeah but what's interesting is i heard some people talking about these uh, big myths about the uh, old days you know <laughs> that that have uh, um that have all kind of derived from this misinterpretation of uh, Hobbes, Hobbes's words about like life used to be short, brutal. Brut- yeah. What is it? What's uh, brutal? Something short. Yeah, I know the. I know what you're saying right. about yeah, brief, brutal, brief, brutal, whatever. Short, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that a lot of people have taken that as almost like historical record, when in fact this was in context pretty much. I mean, Hobbes was. This was his propaganda. This was propaganda to to uh, to sell his idea of the social contract and reinforce his thesis that we need to all get into this handshaky kind of pretendy system in order to move forward and evolve as a species and a civilization, right? But that a lot of science is being revealed now about the old ways, the old days, and revealing that it wasn't short. In fact, People like a hundred thousand years ago apparently still lived to be about sixty. They didn't die off as young as we think they did. We think they did because in the industrial yeah, revolution, exactly, it, that was a culling, right? Yeah. World War One was a culling, and all these other things. People's but, lives were shortened by the pollution in the cities and the work yeah. they were doing, and the the gin and the the bad nutrition. But yeah, rural people. Right. actually were quite healthy and lived healthy lives. Yeah, there's all these concepts that are completely alien to us now that were standard fare. And I think they did this research by looking at cultures that are like the last of those cultures that are still around, mm-hmm. that have somehow not been completely converted yet. Like they're not wearing uh, defunct hockey jerseys yet. Right. Right? <laughs> you know the, what for the team that didn't actually win but printed the shirts already? You know, like they end up in the Amazon yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they ship. There's like massive thrift stores in, you know, in Africa. Right. And as a friend of mine who was down in one of those African countries was saying, yeah, you can go to these massive warehouses and just get clothes get that all have been stuff. shipped from the West. Right. Yeah. So you'll get this guy with the like hand-tapped tattoos, the plate in his lip. The, the ear the spears through his ears the whole bit and the hair the mayan haircut mm-hmm. and he's wearing like the the 97 <laughs> world cup champions it's the team that lost yeah. kind of jersey right <laughs> anyway sorry i got off track here but my point was like that they, they studied these cultures and they they found all these really interesting concepts which we nobody really knows about we all just assume that tribal was brutal and try to a certain we romance the past and we also think it was just brutality like either it's like return to the earth and embrace your wolf totem 
and that's the time where we romanced the old times and then or like well they just used to pass the women around like cattle and they used to uh throw the babies off the off the cliffs and you know like that's that's the seesaw thing <laughs> we do with past but apparently it was like neither yeah you know and there were weird things like the reason apparently babies were often raised by the tribe was not because they had some special wisdom or some old guy with a staff is because sex wasn't like uh, monogamy was not a thing in the village so yeah. at any given time people apparently you could like put your cot down to next somebody and you, you were married <laughs> well, and then you picked up the you cot and you moved it and you're like oh i guess he's not like they're divorced now and he's over there yeah right? that was really with hunter gatherer Hunter gatherer um, society, society yeah. and there were some cultures that believed at least one culture anyway that believed that the more parents a baby had the more sort of blessed it was and in that case then you were supposed to actually procreate yeah. or you know have sex with as many people as you could in order to have a healthy child so yeah there's all kinds of strange views yeah or not yeah. so strange you had 12 about, dads because all 12 of those men had been with that woman and they all right. considered that boy to be a product of them right yeah it wasn't like yeah. my sperm made that baby it's right. like we all made that baby yeah right. and it was there and that concept just does not gel because we've just imposed these hobbesian and then you know marxism and capitalism it's called, um, you know. paternity uncertainty i think okay yeah. yeah and it gets rid of a lot of the bullshit you know a lot of like the puffing of the chest and you know jealousy and stuff like that yes if, if you if you can't if you don't really know who is your your kid? Yeah, they're kind of all our kids. That uh, sorry, it just reminded me that the the specific scientific study that they were talking about was uh, the study of apes and simian cultures and what are the similarities? And they found two extremes. So hmm. most monkeys are absolutely not monogamous, right? In fact, they just they'll just they'll just fuck anything <laughs> like trees, each other. <laughs> They'll rape each other, man to female, female to male. Like, they're just out of control. Like they have no social constructs around that, right? Mm. But there is a, there are one or two species of ape that apparently are, uh, they mate for life, and it's one partner only. And what they've noticed is that unlike the gorillas, where there it's, if you can kick the shit out of all the other males, and you're the biggest, baddest gorilla, then you get the fem all the females. The silver-backed yeah. male. Yeah. But the, yeah. <laughs> but apparently gorilla penises are tiny oh, really? because it's not uh, a requirement for it to be large. Right. Your mm. physical self has to be large and you need to be able to crush all the other dudes. But, it's not like you're showing the ladies a good time, you know, with yeah. your massive yeah. penis. The tiny, the, the, know, there's no like, that's not a, so they've evolved to just be incredibly strong physically, but they're tiny, they've got tiny little penises. They took all the, the all the penis put it into their muscles <laughs> exactly <laughs> and on the other side this one species of ape that um, mates for life and they never switch again the males and the females are exactly the same size because hmm. they don't there's no competition in the males there's no fighting between them for for females hmm. so i had like sorry i keep bumping the mic um this got really far but what i'm saying is yeah there's there's to a certain degree i think if we go back to the original conversation about how we deal with pain and how we deal with toxic things in our physical bodies. Bring it back, Jason. I'm trying. I'm trying to <laughs> pull it home. You're, you're suggesting, if I understand correctly, that a lot of these behaviors have to do with old evolutionary kind of instincts, right? You're revisiting your pain because you want to avoid it next time. You're re, right? 
I but think that, so, that, yeah. I, 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 I tend to lean towards an evolutionary uh, explanation generally. It makes sense for it makes sense to me to a certain degree. It definitely does. I don't know how about you, Christian. Does that does does do things lean? Well, I think that um, it's different by culture. I think we can look at maybe how someone in Japan processes emotional pain and we'll find it's quite different from maybe how you or I would do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's an evolutionary basis, but I think there's also a lot of stuff that we learn um, from our our culture and our families. Um, And people are different too. I mean, even within like Montreal, there's a million different ways that people process something difficult. Um, So it's a mix. I would say nature and nurture. Really, it sounds a reason, like a reasonable approach as well. I mean, especially if it's been long enough, right? But uh, I think the human race is um, estimated to be at something like two hundred thousand years old. I think it keeps. Yeah, I think they keep pushing that date. Yeah, but they as, think as they find new stuff. Two hundred thousand yeah. is, I think, currently the count. Oh yeah. Um, and but apparently, the uh, physically we haven't changed that much in twenty thousand years or something like that. Uh, so, like, the last 2,000-some-odd years that we consider to be almost the sum of our history, uh, all the way back to almost the beginning, right, of our civilization is a blink of an eye mm. in our existence, right? Some are even suggesting that we've been wiped out and before and we've crawled out of the muck again. And, you know, there's been, like, laundry service. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes sense when we see Why not? previous civilizations that were obviously very sophisticated and ancient, and there's really nothing left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe there's there's no aliens. It's just We don't even know the stories them. about some of these civilizations. There aren't even any documents or stories left about who built that and why it's there and why the fuck did they build it yeah like what and how and how yeah yeah what came up like hanging gardens like whose idea was that why how come nobody anywhere to in a 500 mile radius built anything like that it was just those those 20 guys that were really obsessed with this idea of building this obelisk like why what's going on there you know and the knowledge wasn't transferred at all at all which makes me think yeah Maybe they were decimated. There was right. literally nobody there for a long time. The the slate was erased. Right. Maybe they were helped by aliens. Oh yeah. They're... Well, see that that's that's an easy that's like a relieving thing. But it's isn't actually it... sorry. Go on. No, no, go. There's on. a really interesting theory about that where they talk about the pyramids being built by aliens, and it's been described as a racist dialectic by saying oh so the people who are indigenous to south america or egypt or wherever didn't have the capabilities to build these things so because they weren't white you have to make up a story about some being from another planet coming down with their intelligence and technology to build these things and yeah this is fairly recent and it's something that is being talked about that it's actually offensive to the people who live there by saying they're and they're like no our ancestors built this shit shut the fuck up about the aliens (laughs) right yeah it's interesting wow that 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 could either be like a really brilliant astute observation or outrage culture is like taking it to the next level and really trying to find a like a like a dispute anywhere at this Mm. point but uh, there is a good there is a good point in there I find, and that's how the way that like the Middle Eastern people are have been getting this like media treatment as barbarians and and savages for the last what twenty thirty years, right? Um, 
and they're constantly always just like shown in their pajamas or their traditional wear herding goats next to piles of sand and stuff lo and behold go back a century or two right and uh go all back the a no- millennia <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah the, all the got... knowledge was there yeah it was the it was the center of all knowledge and anything like i'm sorry but like europe like screwing sheep was a was a new idea at that time you know <laughs> and you can do that with yeah. the japanese you can do that like it seems like genius and brilliance kind of floats around right the greeks incredible contributions incredible ideas and then like you know not much right going on right now culturally right not that they're not yeah. a great people or mm-hmm. that they're less valuable but it's not a center of of art and genius now like that right. floats around it seems historically we have this idea of of technology or, or how advanced we are with knowledge as being like a linear thing right that we mm-hmm. just get better over time but like as elon musk i think said said this in relation to um going to mars is that it's not it's not a linear thing it's a window that opens for a period of time and then the window is open now for us to go to mars mm-hmm. but that window can close because of any other we start warring again warring disease. again it could be a like a, an asteroid yeah. it could be and anything could could prevent us from from doing that but we have everything that we need right now in order to to do that and we need and that window is by definition like time limited right and we need to strike now while the window is open because it is by definition closing mm-hmm. what, what do you make of this argument that it's kind of it's kind of crazy to be focusing on Mars when there there's people here that they with problems and we don't have equality and we don't have food and medicine for everybody and we have pollution and climate change and all that that it's that looking outward is kind of almost insensitive seeing as how many problems are inward I don't know I've heard this I argument that, made. I think that's pretty silly as an argument I mean, it would only make sense if by not going, we could fix all of our problems. And I don't think that that's true. Right. And like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't take a lot to get there, right? It just takes a lot of effort. But in terms of resources, it's minuscule. Is compared it? Compared to, yeah, it's like, it's almost nothing. How many Trump walls would it cost to get? There? I don't know. It, it, it's something in the neighborhood of like one year's worth of NASA's funding. Okay. Really? To get, us to, to get that shit together. I, I believe so, anyways. Kirsten, what do you think about this 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 uh, opposing view of, like, stop with the moon? Well, I think we may have come from somewhere before. It's entirely possible. I mean, I'm not going to go into some weird conspiracy theory, but it's entirely possible that some kind of human was somewhere else before that we're a migratory species. We sure as heck migrated around this planet. So I think there are ways that we can reallocate money and do both. I mean, the military industrial complex, what the fuck? The amount of money that they spend there certainly can be spent yeah, elsewhere. Like I think third that of the funds are US being misappropriated all over the place. The yeah. priority it's not about the money, it's about the priorities being wrong. Absolutely. And I think we can certainly still explore space and actually feed and take care of people. Well, the interest that we're paying on the national debt probably eclipses by far the amount of investment it would take to build a ship to go to the moon but what is realistically the 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 advantage of getting to mars what does that do for the human race the advantage is to um increase the chance of our survival 
to become a multi-planetary species means that if something happens here, we got to back up. We got somewhere else. Okay. Right. So the, the, the more that we can sort of spread, the less chance that like a single, if a single event would uh, end the human wipe race. us off the, but isn't Mars like a fucking pile of sand? No, well, yes, it is, but it also has like a lot of minerals. Um, they found uh, like water as well, like frozen crystallized water. No life forms in there. I mean, the the plant. No, no, I don't think so. But that's the, strange. That's weird. But we we still haven't explored everything. Um, but I think the idea is to terraform. Right. Yeah, I've seen those uh, those videos where they talk about possible ways of one of the one of the scenarios was nuking the atmosphere the or the poles of the planet you set off nuclear explosions um, at nuking the poles. mars yeah, yeah. okay and it, this would actually bring <clears throat> about like changes that could but that sounds so wrong <laughs> it, sounds, it does it's like a mad scientist oh you want me to cure your cancer okay i'm gonna shoot you in the head <laughs> and um, that's going to activate the secret backup repair <laughs> thing you have that you didn't know about totally gonna fix you well, we're really good at, at uh, affecting global warming, so maybe we'll just bring our skills to Mars. <laughs> See, this is this is this still comes back to our like purging your the bad things about you and <laughs> putting back the right thing. It's like, wait, we're really good at fucking things up. Can we use that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's like a coach. Like, Kirsten, what are you good at? Um, dropping the ball consistently and elbowing my teammates in the eye. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna put you in front. You're going to do that to them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's not like people haven't done that before, you know? I mean. Kirsten wins the home game. (laughs) Lift it up on shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, before, uh, just very quickly, I wanted to, so I don't lose lose my end point here. My original thing was you suggested that the way we react to emotional pain might be dictated to us by old genetic evolutionary sort of defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and then I asked why then can't we not purge with the same efficiency emotionally that we do physically when we're sick? And then now I'm thinking, what if the problem is, is that the unlike nature where you're like, hmm, that pond bad. Because every time I go there, I lose a family member. Because there's, <laughs> there's a fucking thing in that pond. I'm just not going to get back right. Unlike that, we live in this weird construct that are, that are ideas, hmm. right? Such as society and political systems and neighborhoods and monogamous or non-monogamous relationships. Uh, this kind of identity, that whatever. And therefore, we can never really resolve the I'm never going to go back there again because it doesn't actually have a physical location. Well, I I would say you're onto something and maybe emotional pain is telling us not to go back to that pond or to change it in our own lives. Whatever that thing is that's causing us pain, maybe it's that pond is our own behavior or maybe it's some other situation that we need to change or get away from. Right. Yet we we tend to, but we tend to go back, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. To some certain things. I think I've stopped. I'd like to think I've stopped. You, that you've broken the... Yeah. Or is that what life's about, maybe? Maybe. The well, breaking then there'll that just cycle. be new ones after this. <clears throat> yeah. I think I stopped, It too, has evolved. Actually. <laughs> Sorry? I think I stopped, You too. think you've broken the cycle, too? I think I broke at least one or two cycles. But there's yeah. always new and exciting ones that we haven't identified, sure. right? Sure. Right. But yeah. I think breaking one is 
really impressive. Yeah. Like that impress that that's the that's 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 some heavy internal work that I think a lot of people don't even begin to to do with in internally like with themselves, you know? Yeah. To be able to just say, "Oh my <clears throat> god, I always befriend people who are a disaster and they end up poisoning me with their horrible horrible like like visceral toxicity right like what are you trying to say jason (laughs) (laughs) i just i just thought you guys gonna have a fight this is great i'm saying you know all those people richard you're the cure (laughs) you make me want to be a better man um i was trying to cite a very very common example i think everybody that you tell that kind of scenario to they'll be like oh man i know what you mean um Mm. but being able to say wait their toxicity and their horrible sort of uh habits is not actually the problem is i have a weird savior complex or right i have a weird fixer complex or you have to recognize your own patterns i guess yeah that comes with a certain level of maturity i'd say and kicking some people out too. Well, <laughs> right. I was having this conversation with a friend on the weekend, very similar conversation, and he was talking about some people that he had been hanging out with who were angry and um, unhappy. And his, he said, well, one of them said, people don't change. I am the way I am, and I'm always going to be that way. And I think that's a mindset that people mm. have that can often perpetuate problems things that they you, feel like they have to go back to their you can't settings. get past behaviors that may be wired into you from your family from your own chemistry whatever and then there's the mindset that actually yeah i can get past that mm. and i need to, i just need to figure out how i need to figure out what and sometimes that's a matter of economics some people have resources that help them right some mm-hmm. people don't have access yeah to they resources. can go to belize and find themselves or well whatever. yeah or maybe um maybe they have a good healthcare system or right. maybe they have a good education or or a supportive family or something that can help you but not everyone awesome has cat. those resources or an awesome cat <laughs> but maybe not everyone has those resources right yeah yeah so it's not as easy hmm. i've heard i remember i had an english teacher that was also a marriage counselor i don't know how that came out but i don't remember her face or her name but i just remember her telling me at some point and i don't know what the context was that people don't change but they can change their behaviors and that kind of made sense to me. The idea that you're kind of wired a certain way. Um, so if you're a hot-tempered person or if you're kind of a cold fish, quote-unquote, that's not, that's, that's not really negotiable. But how you, how you put that out in the world is kind of something you can work on. And I that kind of, that kind of, like, kind of like that idea. Because mm-hmm. it makes you have to kind of accept certain things about yourself as opposed to resent them forever, you know? They're like, ah, why can't I get this temper under control as opposed to, okay, I got a fucking temper. (laughs) So I'm going to take up either some kind of sport or I'm going to get really hands-on with outreach programs to the poor or I'm going to climb mountains, something. Right. And I'm not going to deny that that fires inside of me, but I'm just not, I refuse to be, to, to hurt people with it. Yeah. Not to be controlled by it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I suppose, I I suppose so. Or is that too much of a narr- like a narrative? Mm, no, but it might be more subtle than that. Like instead of saying I'm going to go climb a mountain, it might be just okay. I'm me, and here's my behavior. And when I watch my behavior, I can change it mm. by being aware of it and watching my responses. So it's maybe more subtle than doing something external, but more just being able to watch your own internal reactions to a situation and catch yourself and go like, oh, I'm not going to do that thing that I did last time because that didn't go so well. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a control and release uh, game constantly, right? Hold it in and here, let yourself go. Or right. watch it. Just go, okay, that thing's happening and I'm having a feeling and I'm not going to let that I'm, not, I'm not going to let it pull my puppet strings. Yeah. You know, like I'm just going to watch that feeling go by and go, hmm. But sometimes you got to get on it, like and grab it and, and just go like I did with my landlord last night. <laughs> oh, do tell. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm usually very composed. I've only lost my nerve, like my temper on him one time. And he's just a ridiculous person. He's a person put on this earth to make other people like lose their minds. He's the... I don't, I'm not even going to give this any sort of stage here, but I'll, I'll leave you with this. He's a combination. He's such a unique combination of crazy making attributes that, that it's just, it's, uh, it's not, I can't explain it. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, is that I've always kind of been able to handle him by crossing my arms, stone faced, dealing with the business and getting him out the door as soon as possible when we've had to interact. But last night, it's been a bad month for me. <laughs> yeah, you. It seems to have yeah, been, been a bad month. To some things, I don't usually see my way into emotions this much. I don't talk about them this much. But anyway, the point is, is last night he came in and I just fucking let him have it. I let him have it like both barrels, and then I pulled back. And luckily, the other person I was with was calmer because of it, and therefore we got that good cop bad cop dynamic mm-hmm. going inadvertently. Right, but. I usually am ashamed of myself when I lose my temper. I am kind of like, that's exactly what needed to happen. I needed to let that motherfucker know that I hate him. <laughs> and I hate to, and that I resent that he continues to occupy space on this planet and draw <laughs> breath. <laughs> and that I believe he's, he's, he, he's, he is a, I hate him on an a, a anatomical level. <laughs> I needed to let him know that. And now, yeah, maybe atomic. The point is, atomic is small. Yeah, atomic is good. Molecular? On a molecular level? Yeah, on a molecular level. On a conceptual level, I hate him. (laughs) Every level. You could splice him in so many different ways and you would still hate him. I hate him even (laughs) theoretically. If he wasn't actually real, if this Let me was count the, the concept of a the potential concept, landlord, the concept potentially of this person, <laughs> but the fact that I let him have both barrels, um, and it sounds like I had sex with him now. Um, <laughs> hey, if well, that's that, your thing, yeah, you know, yeah. that'd be a great way of like we can't argue. You can't get. <laughs> that's what the monkeys would do, right? They'd be like, "I hate you. I, I hate fuck you." you. <laughs> <laughs> you just jump on your lab, mount your landlord, and. <laughs> Get over here, you big lug. <laughs> okay, are we good now, dude? Yeah, we're good. Okay, see you next Here's week. your red decrease right here. Uh, why is the makeup sex always so much better? <laughs> but anyway, the point is that it, it it didn't come with any shame the next day. I was just like, no, I did. Ex- this was a good time to not control my emotions. Hmm. 
Like I feel like there's a time and place sometimes where you gotta. Oh yeah, sometimes you have to put somebody in their place. Let her rip. Yeah. yeah for sure. Otherwise, they'll never. They'll they'll use your calm and collected nature against you. They'll they keep, misunderstand it as, as like a weakness. Exactly. They'll keep fucking with you. They mm. keep fucking with you. And that's why short guys always punch someone in the face at some point <laughs> at school. <laughs> right? Or short girls. Because sometimes you need to slap a bitch, as you like to put it sometimes. Sometimes you need to let people know that you will not be pushed. Well, I, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a time and a place for it. And again, it's animal behavior. It is. Absolutely is. Very much. Yeah craziness <laughs> so we went down a rabbit hole here we sure did uh what it's about okay. you you're sharing you're sharing your 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 feelings with us that's it's a much, beautiful thing this is much better than than actually discussing the 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 topic right this is way better do we even have a topic no i mean like the reasons oh. why i'm why I may or may not have uh, had a bad month or bad right. oh i see whatever, the right? specifics this type right. of conversation i find want much more uh, conducive to to answers than like again revisiting the events right. and then re revisiting the hurts and revisiting the pain. Hmm. Uh, I guess this is as close as I get to going to a shrink. That's it. Podcast therapy. <laughs> Podcast therapy. <laughs> I like shrinks. I I I you know I've changed my mind about that too. I used to oh, yeah. be very sort of like oh, but. Uh, I've realized it's a really stupid prejudice because a lot of people get a lot of good help out of that. For sure. There's some bad ones out there, of course, but yeah, I don't know. Have you, have you ever talked to a, Oh yeah. 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 I've seen therapists on different occasions, a psychiatrist. No, but mm-hmm. therapists. Yeah. And they're super helpful. They're, they're pretty cool. Right? I mean, I think in my situation, I generally use one strategically when I need to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done, that's it. I'm done. I mean, um, everyone has different reasons. I think you can lean too hard on a therapist as well. Um, yeah, you need, there's times when you need to think for yourself and solve your own shit. But yeah, I think they're extremely useful, mm-hmm. especially if you find one who gets you and can sort of talk on your level. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. it I mean, and, and I always, I guess it's my fundamental distrust of anything because I'm always of everything of, of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You are, you, you do distrust everything, everything. Yeah. Because at the end of it, it's everything is people, hmm. right? And you mistrust people. Well, because I know I'm horribly flawed and not reliable <laughs> and, you know, beyond a certain point. Therefore I assume the same of others, <laughs> right? They, they might be more and less impressive in certain departments, but at the end of the day, like, that's why I can't, I, I could never be recruited by a religion or a cult or, cause I'm like, you're just still a dude. You're wearing a weird, like pointy hat. But <laughs> <laughs> just, you're, you've got a beard and a nose. Yeah. You're a dude. You're thinking magical thoughts. You sit on a toilet sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you eat something and it disagrees with you. Other times people scream at you, you scream at them. You. You have no magic. (laughs) You've got no magic. magic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Being cynical. See, it can't help sometimes. But you're right. You can definitely go too far down that rabbit hole and just be like, nothing nothing is cool. I don't know. I have my best times when I believe in the good in everybody. Uh And I've definitely had trouble with that where earlier in my life when I was quite naive and not everybody was good. Um... But with time and wisdom and better sort of sense of my own, 
boundaries, I guess. I actually have come back to that. And okay. it doesn't always work. There are definitely times where I'm like, oh, I don't know. But you have checks and right balances here. now. Oh, yeah, for sure. You've and posted there's guards at the doors. <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely times when you meet someone and you go, okay, that person's evil. Right. Have oh, you, yeah, for that's sure. A, that's a question I have. Oh, yeah, I've you, met evil. Have you met evil? Oh, yeah, Okay. for sure. Don't want to name, don't want the exact circumstances, but what was it that made, made you, like, this person is actually fucking evil? Like, this is evil. Well, it's mostly going back to my youth in British Columbia where you have these guys. There's girls too, but they're mostly guys who are, they're just purely malicious, um, sort of, um, well, like sort of rocker type, you know, um, chronic addict kind of, Uh yeah, like cowboys, like motorcycle dudes, you know, come from a chronic background of you know, incarceration and addiction and um, addiction is always a part of it. And um, you just know that anything you do with that person is going to be twisted around to be harmful for everybody involved. So they're like, okay, so these people are caught in like a cycle of self-destruction and absolutely, but they kind of pull everybody down with them. Yeah. Now, have you ever met any person that you would consider evil? I don't think so. Um, just just because I think that most people, most people that I would consider to be evil, have justified their behavior in some way, and they think that they're doing good. I've I've never met any like complex villains. You mean? Yeah, like not a. I'm just trying to unite the galaxy. Snidely kind of. whiplash, kind of like meh, right. their mustache. <laughs> you actually you like, love laughing at that sort of uh, like narrative, right? Right. At that at that cart. Character. I think it's just a lot of people who have convinced themselves that either their way is correct or that they've suffered enough that they have the currency, the social currency that allows them to get away with uh, destructive behaviors or behaviors mm. that from the outside might seem evil. But they have all, all the ones that I've met anyways, they've all constructed a narrative that makes them into the good guy. But isn't that the nature of, as much as I was just being the Pollyanna and saying, believe in the good in everybody, isn't that the nature of evil? That Maybe. someone doesn't actually believe they're evil? They, from their own perspective, have made up or have reasons for why they do harmful things? The greatest trick the devil ever... If nothing happened, right? Yeah. Even though inside you might be screaming and be like, how dare you? Or the salacious... He deserved it because I'm a bad person. Right. They'll say I did that and they deserved it because they did this, this, and this, and that. Well, if we're going to go with that definition of evil, then yes, I've met quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> I have a different but Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. I guess it depends on what, which way you look at it, I suppose. Well, if I think, I don't know. In my, my experience, when I've seen evil... In a way, it's been mostly just people who lacked love, security, and were hurt themselves. Therefore, they were passing it on to others. Mm-hmm. I think my landlord definitely qualifies for that. I know what his history is, but somebody didn't hold him definitely right. when they when he needed to be held. I think I've 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 encountered people who have been delighted by my pain. By inflicting pain, yeah, that's on, that's on me. That's pretty close to fucking. So I guess that's that's probably shaitan. the closest thing. Yeah, 
like they would do something purposely to to upset me or to make me yeah a sadist upset me. yeah and then when i became upset you could see the little twinkle in their eye and like that like that it really got their rocks Fuck, off that's that's know? so chilling when that that yeah i know exactly what you mean hmm. that's a chilling chilling thought mm-hmm. but that we're not dating anymore <laughs> oh yeah i figured couldn't you guys just work that out in the bedroom you know does That's it really right. have to come into your it's then so you're interesting fine that you say that because yeah in the bedroom that all those weird fucked up things out out of the bedroom suddenly become fascinating Sup- and super fun right <laughs> super fascinating you're like i just want you to know i will continue making love to you right now but when you do this outside this room it really creeps me out right now they'll keep doing it Keep <laughs> keep doing it, but out there, not so cool. <laughs> we need a real life safe word <laughs> from outside of the bedroom. Albatross, albatross, <laughs> albatross. Um, I think because I'm. A, would you agree or disagree that there are people whose emotional dial is way turned up versus other people's who's way tuned down? Oh yeah, definitely. Right. Oh like yeah. Emotional intelligence. Not a sensitivity, just, just just sensitivity and emotional. Sure, right? Like, like I feel like personally, I've I've had to do a lot of work on this again. But I feel like I'm the like the sun when it comes to emotions. Like I'm constantly exploding, constantly, right? Mm-hmm. And just trying to contain like all too much emotion, right? Constantly, right? So I think because I'm that type of person, I also have perceived as evil people who didn't uh, come close to that level of emotionality, right? Mm. Somebody who can just be like, oh, did I just run over your cat? Sorry. And just walked out. And I'm like, you fucking monster. You monster. <laughs> and the, the lack of emotions in them mm. horrifies me. When in fact, on its own, on its own, it may, may, may or may not be horrific. They, in fact maybe even consider it a little bit less hard to deal with because that person can just kind of move on and go do something else after. But that, to me, being dialed up to 11 is horrific. Right. And maybe I'm a monster to them too. You're like, wow, that guy is fucking out of control. Hmm. That, that, there, that is a ticking time bomb. Like, I don't know. I'm just speculating here. Yeah, yeah. I think that some people just don't have that. You know, like I'm thinking of people who are like on the autistic spectrum, for instance, right? Who are just yeah. kind of closed off. Some of those those emotions they chill me they they fuck they freak me out they freak right. me out that'd be the opposite of of you of right? me yeah. yeah yeah and and I often interpret their callous uh, them as callous mm. right when in fact um, they're just a different type of person they're not there they're not they're not thinking those thoughts well they're not they're not vibrating on your wavelength right they're Kirsten what's your how's what's well, your assessment of this Let's, I mean I have a couple of assessments I. have been close to a couple of people on the spectrum in my life very close and by contrast they're actually highly 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 sensitive they're the ones that'll like crumble you know at the smallest thing they just don't show it the same way you know um right because they're just not reading and reflecting facial features and emotions on the on the surface but what's really going on in the background is pretty heavy sometimes Mm. Um, that that, that makes a lot of sense but everybody's different right everyone Mm. has a different sort of spectrum of behaviors and you know sensitivities um but uh 
yeah, like a, like a close friend of mine who could never get to the party. We'd invite him to parties. He'd never get there because he would just like get his clothes on, his shoes on, his coat on, and he'd be unable to get out the door because it's just too much, you know, like... like agoraphobic sort of thing? Or? Well, you know, it's just an example of like extreme sensitivity, but people mm. think, what the hell? He never shows up. You know, it's <laughs> actually just because he's... Anyway. Terrified. My, I guess my other side of that is I'm half, on my dad's side, um, German and Swedish, and not that that should mean anything, but my experience of that side of my family is that we're just not expressive. Mm. And I'm a lot more like him Mm -hmm. than I am like my mother's side of the family. And that's a whole, yeah, they're much more emotional. And I, it's a whole other thing, but it's just a way of being, like you feel shit. You just don't necessarily, it's not necessarily healthy. You don't exhibit Mm. it so much. But when you do, fuck, look out, right? That makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, But again, like, it doesn't mean that we're not caring, but we're not necessarily going to react in the same way as, like, I'm so glad you said that because I realized that that's a prejudice that I have. I don't know. As an emotional person. Yeah, it's a prejudice. And, and, the fact is, the second you started talking about it, it immediately made me think of all the f- friends I have, the acquaintances that are kind of quote unquote cold. And I know for a fact that they have very strong feelings, but they do not communicate them in any way. They don't, they do not express them in that way. And yes, the slightest little thing, you know? Yeah. Like, did you, you bought the pita bread? I, I asked for the ciabatta bread. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe not that trivial, but. Yeah, it is. That See, this is another thing I want to change, this outlook of like, well, if you don't burn this fucking hot, then you're just dead inside. Like that. That's... Well, some people are dead inside. <laughs> you know, I'm not ruling that out. Like my landlord. <laughs> there you go. Yes. But uh, so is, is there true evil, I guess? I mean, I'm sure there's also a fair bit of like, um, we hate what we see, what we're afraid is in us. Mm-hmm. Right. We've mentioned that before. Like if you feel that someone's dishonorable and that dishonorability or lack of honor really fucks with you, maybe it's because you have certain concerns about where that's really important to you. That's a weird value or weird, weird thing that you've imposed upon yourself. And mm. I don't know. Does this make any sense to you? I spaced out for a minute. Okay. I missed, I missed all of that. I'm sorry. I just went somewhere in my head. Cool, cool. No, no. I'm just saying that <laughs> how sometimes... Uh, uh, um, when you're displeased with someone mm. or something they're doing, it's because it reminds you of something that you're, you do, right? Oh, for sure. Or something you're afraid you're doing, right? Mm. Or you're projecting. You're projecting all this other stuff. So again, I feel like we're struggling with living within the constraints of these societal like structures that are not necessarily natural to us. And that causes all sorts of like, we have the equipment to live this way in this tribal, in, in like maybe contact equilibrium with the earth and nature. And, but we're always bringing that into this artificial laboratory where you have to push buttons and remember passwords and activate levers. I don't know. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, I, don't, I, I certainly don't think we're, we, we we're meant to or to live in in the populations that we live in now in yeah. giant cities i think that's and press buttons and have food arrive like 
Vancouver. But it's awesome, isn't it? It's, it's fucking it's awesome. Cool. Isn't it fucking yeah. awesome? Yeah. We're living in the future. Seriously. It's an amazing time to be alive. Uh, if politicians told the truth, I think you'd decide for yourselves. I think they would be saying what I was just talking about. They would be saying, we don't care at all about your security or your safety or your survival. We care about our power and about the power of the concentrated concentrated domestic power, which in our societies means basically the corporate sector. Now, it's not 100% the case, of course, you know, but it will be, it'll, there's a strong tendency for it to be the case for the people who reach the top. Where did this Spicer guy come from? Like, what's God his knows. background? I, I don't know where any of Trump's people come from. Like, I know there's a bunch of tycoon-type dudes, but I've never seen these faces ever. Mm -hmm. Like, that Flynn guy, that just got asked. I've never seen him in my life. I guess maybe the criteria is like you have to be a completely not in the club of any of the political. Mm. Like you have to be an outsider for him to even consider you. And you also obviously have to be someone who did him a lot of favors and now he's paying you back. Yeah. The cronies. Mm. You don't see anybody with any real kind of personality in his team any kind of strong personality well right? bannon has a little bit of personality but that's just scary yeah he's just a monster but i think the bannon's role is that he's kind of the propaganda minister you know like hitler right mm. clearly narcissist clearly egomaniac the whole bit in a whole other way but he still had his goebbels and he still had his goering and he still had his these dudes to whom he seemed to have kind of delegate certain things that he didn't want to deal with. And Bannon is the ideologist. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that Trump's ever been about. He doesn't really give a shit. He's a kind of a fly by the seat of his pants, kind of old school, 70s, 80s. Um, Showman. Yeah. Like salesman. Tycoon, snake oil, boardroom, uh, you know, ravager. Yeah, he's the one they trot out, wave his hands around and like say something and yeah, know, yeah, and shake the hands and the work's all happening by other people behind the scenes. Right. Yeah, he's the he's your typical 80s like graduate of business school that had like Sun Tzu's Art of War misinterpreted all, always yeah, 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 rammed yeah. right up his ass and like he it, it was his Bible, you know? And then the prince and all of these like control is power power is control like all of those old 80s kind of uh, things that we now mock mm. were his mantras like he, he completely embraced those ideologies and he doesn't even understand the new ideology of cl collaboration of openness of transparency i mean that doesn't even doesn't even exist for he sees him. that a weak, as weakness in a way I think that's why the internet's eating him up because when you move to a new ideology or not even new anymore, but like a different ideology of just transparency and trust and openness. And when you don't know something, you say you don't know it. Mm -hmm. So it's even easier to mock him because there's so many people now working inside a culture that's the exact opposite of what he represents. Yeah, but he's almost like one of those win 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 archaic win 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 business seminar kind of guys oh yeah but that never came down right and bullying still works that's the craziness of it this is where we're this is where i constantly come back to like we're still people because we can 
figure out that bullying is bad. We can figure out that Marxist-Leninist ideas are very limited in scope and end in genocide. Capitalism ends in the planet dying <laughs> from from uh, exhaustion. We've moved past all of these things. We've realized that we need to find this kind of balance between everything to make things work, renewable energy. Blah, blah, blah. Yet, you can still intimidate somebody into giving you what you want. Hmm. And I think that he's just never had any incentive to change his ways. No. No, he's always been a dictator in his business. Yeah, and he's been and torn down to the ground. Hmm. He's lost everything and then just started again and then bullied his way back up the chain again. He doesn't get that he's actually like a public servant, you know? Yeah. With 324 million or whatever it is. Uh, no. He's running this like The Apprentice, exactly yeah. like The Apprentice. Did you see the thing going around where they had it just like The Apprentice, where they had all Trump and his, they had like a little grid with all his different advisors, and then Flynn was gone, and there's like, who's going to be eliminated next? Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Surreal. I didn't see that. That's yeah, hilarious. I didn't see it, but that makes perfect sense, yeah. yeah. Just like the, the Biff uh, the Biff analogy from uh, Back to the Future uh, 2. Hmm. Remember the alternate universe where Biff is the president, and everything right. is casinos, and some and, certain people have suggested that he was kind of based on Trump because the 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 way he was made up was he he was very similar to him, right? Um, so like that, it's made the movie even more prophetic. <laughs> but yeah, it does. It's it is playing out like a really bad reality show. Yeah. But I feel like the comedy of it is leaving now. It's been a month only. But I feel Has it like only been a month? It's only been a month, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Wrap your it head around so it. so much longer. Right? Yeah. And even uh, some comedians joke about it. It's like, and now we're in the day 478 of the Trump presidency. And that's what <laughs> Actually, we're, we're, we're 28 days in. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> so last time we got together, we made predictions. And I don't know about you guys. I definitely predicted that Trump would not win. And he did. Are we going to make predictions again about um, whether he gets impeached or mm. leaves? Yeah, I think, what was it? Did we have this discussion? I think we did. Okay. What did we say? Uh, I remember what I said. <laughs> I don't remember what you said. <laughs> I think I said something along the lines of, I think he's, I think he's gone. Um, I think you said if he makes it past yeah. a year, then we'll have him for eight. Exactly. So I think he's done. He's not going to last a year. However, if he somehow muscles through this and survives, yeah, he's got he's got two terms. That was my prediction. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, in a month, what and every every day just reinforces that. If just in a month he's upset everything, hmm. and, and he's still standing. If he can, if he can get to a year and not either be assassinated or have to like change his cabinet like fifty times, then he, then we, there is nothing that we can do against him. That he, he's foolproof. Or the system now is revealed to be fully broken, where someone can make every wrong decision back to back, consistently, consistently make a farce of the whole thing. And we find out that the government, it's like the government will never recover from this. Even if they fly in Elizabeth Warren for the next next one uh, with vice president, uh, vice president fucking Michelle Obama, 
and uh, like every dream come true of like the left, more left uh, liberal point of view, even if that comes in, the damage is done. We've Wizard of Oz effect has taken place. We realize that we can't stop someone like this. Well, Canada recovered pretty well from Harper. Of course, it's much milder. Yeah. But it was pretty disastrous for a while. He was doing a lot of the same things. Hmm. And now it just seems like a bad memory. That was two terms of Harper. That was, yeah, eight years of that and shit. We got through that. And but there was also some minority government in there, the first four, yeah, right? He, didn't, he wasn't, the first four, he was, he was, yeah, he was a minority. He government. had checks and balances. Canada is n- thankfully still British enough to have that kind of like, this will not do, sir. And then like, no con- non confidence. Vindicate yeah. the. We don't have a king mentality with the presidency or the prime minister's job, and not nearly so much cronyism as well. I mean, yeah, and people didn't lose their health care, right? You know, which I think it's much more extreme down there for sure. I mean, sure, Harper played the game of the far right Christian, whether he is one or not, it's not clear. Trump is definitely playing that game too. Yeah, but it's it's um, it's very obvious he doesn't. No, believe in any he doesn't other. believe that shit. Harper, you know? you're like, his wife probably doesn't even know if he's really about anything because <laughs> he's so hard to read. Yeah. That weird toddler face that he had. Oh, my God. What the hell happened to him? Where is he now? Like, is he in, just invisible? I saw a Beaverton article, like, so, shortly after he left power of, like, Harper quietly sitting at the Tim Hortons watching, a, you know, like, by himself, sort of, like, watching the election results from afar or something Maybe. like that. So I think it was Harper quietly watches election results alone at the Does, Tim Hortons Doesn't he have a band? Wasn't he like to sing horribly at the keyboard? I seem to remember him butchering yeah. one of the Beatles songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he hangs out know. with Nickelback. Yeah. But, like, really, where is he now? I know he's probably working. He's on the board of something. He's probably that board on. And, he's yeah. like he's like uh, Jean Charest, our former premier, probably occupying eight different corporate jobs at the same time that are rewards for mm. all of the strings mm. he pulled for his corporate buddies. Oil right. industry jobs, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. He shows Oil up industry. once a year and picks up a check. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like he's 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 head of commissioner of <laughs> operational director of. Right, because right. that's how they bribe these days, as we were discussing, mm-hmm. I think last time. I want to go online <coughs> and find out just what what all the things what happened. Are. Yeah, it's like the the childhood stars. Like, where yeah. are they now? <laughs> exactly. You know who Where's I look? Gary Coleman. Uh, two things. One, I remember a this hour has twenty two minutes bit about um, Harper that I never forgot and I loved and I wish was true, where they were making fun of how the media kept demonizing him, but not for the things he was doing, but these like distractions Hmm. so they started running these fake ads attack ads against him like uh stephen harper hasn't told you that he has a dragon (laughs) and then they just show the shed (laughs) that's right stephen harper has a dragon and he's going to use it (laughs) vote liberal now whatever and i'm just like i hope he does have a dragon and he he's gone back to like like taming it or i don't know spending time with his dragon somewhere He's writing it like uh, Harry or whatever his name is. In the wait, he's still an MP. Yeah, he's is he? still an MP for the writing of Calgary Heritage. Oh, there you go. Is he? Yeah. Are you looking that up right now? Yeah. yeah. So he's still chilling. Oh wait, no. Huh? I don't think he is. No. No, no I he, think he's no, done. The next one is Harper leaves politics. No, wait. He no. He lost his. I think he lost his seat when they got he voted out. It was a gives liberal up House of Commons seat. 
I think it was a liberal like uh, takeover. Like he got kicked out of his own. Hmm. Stephen Harper. Remember. Stephen Harper resigns as MP to pursue consultancy career. Aha! There we go. Right? Called it. Yeah. Yep. But uh, in the column of where are they now? I um, randomly thought today about the Star Wars kid. Do you remember him? Yeah. 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 Montrealer. Like Two thousand six. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. didn't know he was he was a Quebecer. Yeah. Um, One of the very first sort of super viral YouTube videos. Ever, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This predates yeah. Twitter, yeah. Facebook, all of that. Right. Um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Twitter it's fo- might have been around, but... No. No, really? 14 years ago. Shit. This happened 14 years ago. Oh, my God. And it, it's because he he rented the school's video, like VHS camera, and then filmed himself, but forgot to either wipe it or keep the tape or whatever. <laughs> And then there was like a basketball game on the tape. And then suddenly at the end, he appears. And then the two smartest kids in his school figure out a way to capture that footage to digital, which this was like really early technology, and then managed to upload it to a website or something. Hmm. And then he became... And now he's like... He's a lawyer now. Is he? Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh my God, that's amazing. He looks amazing too. Really? He's a lawyer and he surprise surprise i wonder if he's one of my friends <laughs> i don't even know it <laughs> uh, uh what's his name reza Rez? no yeah reza just playing reza i'm um, like oh shit you're the star wars kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> he uh right he surprisingly uh works in uh i think he lobbies or at least works a lot on cyberbullying Cases, of course he does which does makes perfect sense you can mm-hmm. imagine the trauma that he experienced that yes. poor guy well, what I was reading was that, so this happens, he becomes like, he goes viral, but then people at his school and online, like, were really harsh to him. Right. Right down to, like, kill yourself. Uh, and that obviously had an awful effect on him. But on the other end, uh, there was this whole movement of, like, well-wishers mm. who sent him stuff. Like, they sent him a, a 30-gig iPod, remember iPods? Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a huge thing. They sent him, they raised, like, five grand for him for therapy or whatever and they even started a petition to try to get him a part in one of the prequels i think it was, uh, <laughs> oh that's awesome three. but he interv- they just interviewed him like uh on the may may the 4th you know of 2016 <laughs> may the 4th um, be, be with yeah and um like bravo editor of that magazine well done right. yeah they asked him about that and he said actually that did as much damage as the bullying because I know those people met really well, but it just exacerbated my trauma of that whole situation. I just, yeah. I, I just didn't want to hear about it anymore. And he's like, he still has the letters from Jay Leno, and all these talk shows. Everyone wanted to see him. He didn't go on any show. No, he oh. he got this huge, huge offer, like monetary, to go to mm-hmm. Japan to do one of those fucking insane game show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they keep doing the close-ups and the, everything's yellow um <laughs> but either he had the wherewithal or his parents or somebody in his environment had the wherewithal to realize that they were just gonna make him like dance like a monkey right probably right like mm-hmm. oh, do the thing with the stick that you did in the video yeah <laughs> and we'll pay you eighty thousand dollars whatever yeah he could have turned it to, like but the, what i what occurred to me was what was interesting what occurred to me was this happened 14 years ago had this happened four years ago, he could have turned this around into a career. Yeah. His video is now estimated to have a billion views. 
He must have made some money off no. of it. Nothing? Because it predates no monetization of YouTube. Yeah, that's right. That whole business model is only a couple of years old, right? Like five or six years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a decade. Uh, so he has not benefited from it. Uh, his parents have sued the parents of the kids that uploaded the video. And there was an out-of-court settlement. Okay. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, all this to say is there's the perspective of saying, well, fucking people suck. And that's so horrible that this happened to him. And then there's the other side, which is like, well, he looks great. He's lost a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. And he's like a powerful lawyer now. And he's kind of Yeah, what would be his destiny otherwise if it hadn't happened to him? Would yeah. he have gone into law? Would he have done all of this? Who knows? Who knows? I have, a, I have an uncle who was adopted. And because that was such a big deal to him, he ended up becoming a specialized in troubled kids and orphans and stuff so yeah he wouldn't have like the immediate credibility of being the star wars kid like i wonder if he uses that in his like closing arguments probably not (laughs) unless he's maybe doing like seminars for bullied kids maybe that's a powerful story right and those those bully kids that figured out how to get the video onto the website they started vimeo yeah, what? pretty much. No. <laughs> <laughs> you had me there. Yeah. They're, they're billionaires. <laughs> they're billionaires now. But it's so interesting how now we have enough examples and knowledge of this kind of situation going down that someone could convert it into a career. Or I probably would want to. Right. Right? And then there's the there's all these things going on right now. That's it's, it's so the timing is very weird. Uh, Kirsten, I did. I, I swore to myself I would ask you this question. So you you had a chance to do a one shot uh, podcast, yeah, with your own guests that I listened to in full, and uh, I think was very successful. I think a lot of people really loved it. I haven't even looked at the metrics. No, a metrics girl, and I haven't looked at the metrics. No, I, I, so I seems, will go back and look. It seems like a lot of your people definitely were into it. A Who, lot of the my peop- people, yeah, whoever, <laughs> whoever they are, yeah. your tribe, yes. Um, and I think also the guests you had, I think everything about it was, was, um, intriguing. It was amazing. But I'm curious about your experience. It was a really great experience. I mean, I can't remember how I came up with it. Um, oh, I know about maybe two weeks before I had to tell Richard what I was going to do. I'd spent time with the two of them together, Alexis and Julian, and, it just suddenly occurred and we were meeting with a third friend or fourth friend, I suppose. And I had explained to that fourth friend what they do for a living. And I gauged his response and it just suddenly clicked that, Oh my God, this is really unusual and we need to explore this. Mm -hmm. I think that was a good call. Yeah. And so it just clicked. I mean, I'm always someone who likes to delve into edgy topics and they're both very open about their lives and it, it just made sense to me so yeah and you guys said yes <laughs> and yeah it was really really cool awesome it was a great, great experience it was really neat that julian's partner came as mm-hmm. well um that she could speak about her own experience um yeah it was amazing the, yeah i mean these are these are two people that you know really they're, well they're, really, they're good friends yeah of yours. yeah really close friends uh what was different about this conversation? Did you, I mean, was there anything new that came out of this conversation that you would normally, Um, or did you cover familiar ground? 
There were maybe specific. Maybe we should back up and for people who haven't. Yeah, to be clear, who don't for, know about the other right. podcast, we should talk about exactly what we talked about. So episode. Uh, this was a one shot. Mm-hmm. It was one of our fire in a hole one shots mm-hmm. with Kirsten Weisenberger, and she interviewed. Please remind me the names of your Alexis Hope Alexis and Julian Ho- Switch. Julian Switch, who are two sex workers. Yeah. Uh, from Montreal. Yeah, both in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. So we did this as a one shot. Uh, neither Richard or I were part of the the podcast. We, Kirsten kind of took the reins, brought in these two friends of hers, and uh, kind of delved into the world, the murky, misunderstood, uh, completely actually misunderstood world of mm-hmm. sex work and uh, all this alternative stuff that goes behind it. And who are the people behind it, right? That's well, kind of the... what I thought was really interesting. I mean, if they were <clears throat> just sex workers, then there wouldn't really be a story. Right. But Alexis was an engineer until very recently, and Julian until very recently was a lawyer, and a pretty hardcore lawyer too. Um, and this was their lives, and they had trained for this. And what I thought was really interesting was two people who had fulfilled society's expectations, quote-unquote, of what a you know human should do, highly educated, very well-spoken, um, very successful people, and for various reasons, they had both decided to become sex workers. And so I wanted to explore that. Um, a lot of it wasn't new to me, but there were definitely specifics that I'd never heard before. But because they're both very open about it, um, they talked with me and with other friends a lot and continue to talk about it. You know, it's it, just like anybody would talk about their job mm-hmm. and laugh about it mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, tell left, weird stories and whatever. I left uh, business school because I realized I always wanted to sculpt or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But that's a, just as a story, a narrative that you never, you, I've never heard it before. I've never heard someone go, yeah, I had a successful practice or I was on my way to doing something that society normally pats you on the back for. Mm-hmm. And I took a deliberate turn and went into this world that, the society definitely does not pat you on the back but for it. But it should. You know, I mean, some of the work that these two are doing and many other sex workers is pretty important. You see it as like therapeutic? Oh, yeah. They're I mean, it doesn't have therapy. to be. There's definitely sex work that's not therapeutic, that's exploitation, that's actually harmful and very counterproductive to society. Um, but there's also sex work that actually helps people become who they are no doubt and you know get over things and become you know healthier people and i'm not saying that everything they do is part of that process but i think that there there's there's a there's a very sex positive sort of attitude behind their their particular careers yeah well i thought it was very it was very ballsy no pun intended of them to to speak on it and I, Julian particularly really uh, struck me as a, a guy I'd love to hang out with. You can. He's so bubbly. I can introduce you. You he guys can hang like out. He sounds like he's fucking hilarious. He is hilarious. Um, he, just, he, just, he just constantly giggling and he, he's such a bubbly personality. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. Yeah, this again shatters like another stereotype of either the tired sex worker, the like, like, like disillusions with everything or the... Hey, honey, with the chewing the gum and like, <laughs> call me. <laughs> if you get me out of this mess, I'll take care of you. Like that whole like stereotype, right? Of the hooker at the police precinct <laughs> with yeah. the fishnets chewing I'm the just gum. Thinking I mean, I'm drugs. not saying. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm not saying that their jobs don't exhaust them. 
They yeah, do. No doubt. And I, I see them both burn out. I see them both take long breaks. I don't know take how Take long how do stints it. of working and then going, whoa, man, and stepping back and doing some self-care. It's an intense job. It's like being a social worker. Or a surgeon. You know? mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not all fun. And, it's very um, surgical, actually. Yeah, some of it's fun. You're but seeing yeah. the insides of people. Yeah, you are. And it's it's all super academic, you know, and it's like, oh, I've never seen that combination before. <laughs> but sometimes you're like, I've lost my fourth patient this week. I'm going to Cuba for a week. I'm out, guys. I need some me time. Peace. Peace. Oh, yeah, and they do. They go way underground. Yeah. You know, I know that Julian took a break recently and just, like, slept for 36 hours or I don't know like had a giant nap and just like powered down mm -hmm. you know and it's like any intense work with humans it's service you're servicing and therefore it's it's uh it's not a reciprocal really not at all no I mean when you work in a hospital you don't get that kind of break though I mean they're self-employed so yeah. they can just like Check clock out, out yeah. and take time for themselves. But if you're a hospital worker or another kind of care worker, a social worker, you don't necessarily have that privilege. Yeah, you got to kind of go in for that double shift. No matter if you want to take eat a bullet, you got to go back in and treat yeah. more assholes and awful people <laughs> and people throwing shit at you and. <laughs> Yeah, nurse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, that that job to me is uh, an incredible job. But um, I guess I'm also curious about your experience as a kind of ring ringleader or ringmaster, like yeah. running running the show. Was there anything? I want there to be something mm. profound there, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe you were just like, yeah, I just I just ran the show. Um, uh, not really. It was really um. Yeah, I just ran the show, really. It, it was empowering, for sure. And I mean, I've got the podcasting bug now, and we're going to do more. And out of that show came my next collaboration. So that was really important. Which is? Um, well, um, a friend of mine who was around when we were recording the show um, is going to be my collaborator on our own podcast, which we were already talking about. I mean, after I did my first podcast with you guys back in December... No, the oh. fall. Yeah, it was, it was back fall. in like before you moved. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I kind September. of was. All, I was curious about this whole thing. I didn't know if it was something that was going to work for me, but it kind of lit a fire under me. And mm. then it was great to actually run my own podcast. And I'm super grateful for you to you guys for letting that happen. Oh, pleasure. And then out of that one podcast that happened in December, we're launching our own. Right on. Very soon. That's right great. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Well, yeah. you definitely have a listener here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, tuning in. It's going to be kooky and funny. I mean, and I had a bit of conflict about it because I thought, should I do one that's about my career? That's like career building and talking about technology and talking about marketing? Or should I do something completely different? And I'm someone who really just responds to good things. I just... That's my life. I say yes to things and mm -hmm. opportunities sort of come out of that. And so my friend was like, hey, we should do this podcast together. And I said, yes, and Fuck we're going to do it. So to hell with the career right podcast on. for now. To yeah. hell with the like talking shop. So those. <laughs> I would like yeah. to. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't even listen to them. Why would I make no. one? Yeah, seriously. I would, uh, I would very yeah. much compare this to um, filmmaking in the sense. So, um, <clears throat> making a feature film 
versus uh, running a mini series or a series on a on a channel or Netflix or whatever. <clears throat> Podcasting definitely has the the series boon, which is that you get to figure out what your show is mm. as you're doing it, right? Yeah. A movie you kind of have to like just pick a point of view and hope that it connects. It's a cruel it's a cruel endeavor, a feature film. Um, a series immediately allows you to like, you know, maybe a year from now we're going to talk to you. And you're like, <laughs> remember guys when I was telling you that I was going to be like all like this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I found it. it figure, it turns out everyone wants to talk about this thing. And we figured it out because it's one time. Like, so mm. you get to do that. Yeah. As you get to. And the only, if, if I may consider myself a podcaster of any sort of um, oh, you may. Oh, I may. I give you permission. Absolutely. Thank you. <clears throat> I would say the only commandment is consistency. Yeah. That is the only real commandment. As in keep producing consistently. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is that your formula is, if it's a monthly, if it's a weekly, respect the fuck out of that schedule mm. and keep going. And regardless of metrics, right? Until, until it stops being fun. But that's the only commandment I can think of. Other than that, like I don't see other, any other parameter. I mean, sure, that's listen to the, the one feedback that, we, that we've that we've kept to the most. Yeah, is trying to just always keep the discipline. Release that episode every Monday. Yeah, unless something. I mean, there's been a couple of times when there's been technical problems or something, but like it wasn't you do for one lack of trying every week. Every week, yeah. yeah. Shit. Sometimes two, if wow. we know that, let's say, we have to. We have to pass, skip a week. We'll we'll have one in the bank or two in the bank or right. whatever. Depending. So we usually have one in the bank as like a buffer in case something happens on a particular week. And then I, I'm going on vacation in March, for instance, for two for two weeks. So we need to kind of plan ahead for that so that we have episodes to release. We've never taken a break, but I've seen yeah. other podcasts take breaks and be like, "Oh, sorry, yeah. it's not going to be a podcast next week," which yeah. we might end up doing as well. But I don't yeah, know. most podcasts are either overproducing or underproducing or being irregular mm. uh, but i i feel it's i don't know why i feel like just getting that rhythm going mm. and staying true to it and respecting it is somehow beneficial to the integrity of whatever it is that you end up doing oh yeah as a blogger i get that yeah yeah of course you, you have blog. to keep the rhythm right mm -hmm. i mean otherwise the production can just go to hell, and I've seen that too, where things start mm. to slide it and creates then a workflow. skip a week. And, yeah. It creates a workflow in your mind, right? Yeah. So if you know you're doing it once a week, for instance, you know that by Sunday, if not Monday, you kind of want to have someone in the pipeline. You don't want to do it last minute. You know, cancellations do occur. Mm. But you generally, by Sunday, Monday, if even preferably the week before, you should have your next week's guest in, lined up, right? We're not... We're not always we don't always get it right, <laughs> yeah, but the, sen no, the, the 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 will is there. Yeah, for sure. Right, and then uh, that also means that like Thursday or Friday or Saturday, I'm already thinking about the editing, right? And then by Sunday, I kind of put it all together, mm -hmm. and then I get it to Richard at this time, and then we work out the specifics, and then boom, we make sure it's up somewhere midday by Monday. I get that. Yeah, I'm all that, about the weekly cycle. I totally yeah. understand that. It's like, oh, it's Tuesday morning. That's the day I do this. Yeah. You know. But if you like, we all, you almost like program it in like that jog that you need. 
that 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 jog or that uh, that gym thing that you need to do. You need to put in that same space in your mind into that discipline. And I feel like for some reason, I have no necessarily knowledge to prove this science behind it, but I feel like that contributes to a good podcast. I think there would definitely be some people who would be uh, disappointed if like they came for their their like monday noon mm-hmm. upload like download and it wasn't there they'd be like like i know i'm pissed what, as, what i'm pissed hell? when my when my shit the shit i listen to mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's going to contribute do you listen to podcasts not much not much that's i'm cool. a cbc addict okay mm-hmm. um every once in a while i'll get into a podcast like there was one about burning man recently that i was listening to For or the one no that i really so. liked was my dad made a porno I don't know if you listen to that, but anyway, so occasionally something will catch me and take me down the rabbit hole, but it's not a weekly thing, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really, in, in terms of my consumption as well, like I'm, I'm a bit more erratic. Like I, I don't rely on that every week at a certain time that, that new file should be there. But I know that there are people who are like that. We're like that with Adventure Time, my kids and I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jake the dog is my spirit animal, by the way. Which one? Jake the dog. Jake the dog, yeah. Yeah. I have a figurine on my desk, and every I have a bit of a ritual on either Saturday or Sunday. I usually cook up like a bacon breakfast for my kids. Bacon pancakes, (laughs) bacon pancakes. My kids literally... You are like Jake the dog. I can totally see that. (laughs) They start... I'm not sure that's a compliment. Um, sure they start. Is, my, my Coming kids, from me, it is. My, thank you. My kids start singing it, and then I have to kind of, and it's become my little thing. So how do you make your bacon pancakes? Um, well, I've only tried it a couple of times, but generally what I do is I fry up the bacon, and then I... Um, kind in of, a pan? Yeah. And then I kind of pour in the, the mixture, and I flip it a couple of times okay. until I get there, but... It's an abomination <laughs> of a dish. It's not actually a great idea. Do you get rid of all the grease first? Or are you you're baking? I, your I do drain it. I do drain it, and I and I butter. I butter up the pan again, and I kind of try to do that sort of thing. It's a it's a delicate process. But Can I give you some tips? Yes, absolutely. Um, actually, Julian taught me this, um, which ironically he's now quit meat and gluten, so he can't have bacon pancakes anymore. Really? Ha! Sorry, Julian. <laughs> anyway, or, or pancakes. Our condolences. Um, so. You fry the bacon flat, ideally uh-huh. grill it so that it comes out super flat. Right. And then you make the pancake batter. You make it a little bit thick. I'm doing the hand motions while we're yeah. doing this because uh-huh. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, when the bacon is ready and it's quite well cooked, you dip it in the pancake batter and then you put it in the pan. You just blew my mind. And then you, you, you have batter coated bacon and then you put some maple syrup you on it. You blew my mind. It's awesome. This next level. I'm trying that. It's so good and so easy. It's not like you can't go wrong. You just have to have the ba- the pancake batter thick enough that you, coat can, the bacon. that you can coat the bacon and the bacon needs to be flat. It's all this you is have to Ros- do. This is like Rosetta Stone level, like <laughs> right? lead into gold shit. I know. I never would have even, because I was doing that. I was just putting bacon uh-huh. in my pancakes. But no, you put the pancake on That's the bacon. fucking brilliant. It Thank was there. You. The answer was there the whole time. The whole time, <laughs> right? But I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> Look ha- at the face you're making. You're glowing. You're so I excited. I love it. You're this gonna is... run home and make this, aren't you? Yeah. Although, I mean, to to be fair, like half the pleasure of the bacon pancake thing is just the song. Like, hmm. you, you obviously you're aware of the that, oh, yeah. that mashup with oh, yeah. uh, New York State of Mind. I've seen the mashup. My kids. <laughs> <laughs> someone oh, figured so out good. that they were along Everyone, the same lines. 
Bacon Pancakes, New York State of Mind, yeah. YouTube. Do Look it, it up. for your soul. <laughs> for do your it soul. For your soul. It's the best thing. Your soul requires it. In case you don't do it because you're lazy, I'm going to insert it into this podcast somehow. I'm going to okay. make it the opening song or I'm going to put it in. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't done Maybe it Maybe at the end. Yeah. Put it in at the end. Yeah, it's my, it's my uh, Jake the Dog. I <laughs> I don't know if I get all the stuff they do because it's a very weird show. Oh, you can you can't possibly get it all. It's no. so fucking complex. Um, it's like that other show with the kid and the scientist. I forget what it's called. Rick and Pinky Morty. Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, I love that show. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a show. I can't. I don't understand how it's written. I don't mm. understand what mind that came from. Right. It fascinates and like, me. People inform Adventure Time <clears throat> to me, even though I've watched them all and I feel like I'm super deep in it and uh-huh. I rewatch them on a weekly basis. And then a friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, the Lich. That's a thing from Dungeons and Dragons and from <laughs> classical mythology. It's this guy na, 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 from the underworld. He's undead. And I was like, holy shit. So there's a, we know there's a video game trope and we know there's all kinds of other weird tropes going on in there. But there's also this Dungeons and Dragons thing. It's like Big so time. deep geek. Yeah. That there's so many levels of geek, you can't possibly be all that geek all the time. You know, like you need multiple interpretations happening at once. Absolutely. And some bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes. <laughs> New York. Oh my god. I love the I love the internet for that. I love the internet for the for for the the humor. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. You know. So smart. I think it's probably what's kept us from going completely crazy with this Trump thing is just the the, the great yeah. humor that's issued from it. Yeah, it it I think it allowed him to come to power and it's also been our escape from <laughs> from his power. You feel the humor has contributed to his success? No, the internet has. Oh, the internet, yes. Yeah, that the most internet. Have. I don't think that he would have been elected had it not been for the internet. Pretty that's a good that's a good assertion, yeah. And I think that we would not be able to keep our sanity deal with it yeah yeah with him as president if uh-huh. we didn't have the internet as a coping mechanism yeah but it's i mean kind of beautiful that isn't it right. like, joe trudeau <laughs> like that whole joe trudeau thing so yeah. sick <laughs> like i immediately and the handshake the minute it oh, happened yeah, yeah. the oh. minute it happened i was online and it was everywhere the handshake but everything spawns immediately 12 other things yes Right? Did so, you read the Vice article about the handshake? Yeah. It was no. pure magic. Was it good? Oh, my God. It's the best piece of writing. I'm a writer, and I think it's the best it's, Peter it's writing, high level. piece of writing I've ever read. <laughs> level 12. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to check it out now for sure, and I recommend it listeners do as well. All I saw was that it immediately spawned a um, self-defense video from a martial arts school <laughs> showing various <laughs> techniques to protect against a Trump headshake. Brilliant. And they were Someone jumped on that? They literally oh, did, like, did like a, a, a tale of the tape where they analyzed how Trudeau is seen as the only guy to be able to successfully block it. Right. And um, the Japanese prime minister did okay too. Uh, he got he got right. wrenched and he he, he he got shook. Yeah. There's oh. like there's clear evidence of him going like, "What the fuck just happened?" But Trudeau yeah, after the handshake, he right. rolled his eyes like, "What the hell?" What just happened? Yeah. He couldn't keep it in. It right? was like a like a three minute handshake. And if a Japanese man, it's like being raped by Trump. It pretty right much there, it's a, it's a grab the pussy like kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he grabs yeah. pussies or he 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 takes your arm away. Oh fuck! And victimizes you. He's a rapist. Mm. Uh, he's a hand rapist. Handshake rapist. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the that's 
that's kind of that's kind of how you inappropriately touch a man is you hold on to his hand too long, yeah. you ring Pull it a bit it, too hard, you push it. Yeah. yeah, that's how you make a man uncomfortable. Speaking of silverback, <laughs> oh, that's the sad part is he's not a silverback he's male, not at all. and everybody knows it. Although he's tall as fuck, is apparently. He? Yeah, he's, he's one tall? of the tallest presidents ever. Yeah. Get out! But that's that's another analysis that's been made that that. Presidents tend to be tall historically. Well, CEOs tend to be tall. How tall as well, yeah. All they, these kind of that still plays. Do. Yeah, but they showed the tape literally like slows down the way you would analyze like a like a Super Bowl like long pass video with the arrows and guys like scribbling, oh. <laughs> and they show tr- uh, Trudeau getting out of the limo, walking over to him, and then Trump going in trying to do the like come over here, like the scorpion, like get over here. And then Trump just doing the shoulder, and kind of Trudeau puts his hand on his hand shoulder, too. yeah, and yeah. it blocks the wrench. Blocks the pull, yeah. yeah. And but so this martial arts school like totally capitalized on it and like developed this whole like, all right, here are five ways to. <laughs> and that he's six three by the way. Six three. That's yeah. that's pretty tall. That's pretty tall. Um, the internet just like immediately yeah. replicates six hundred different responses. Then the Ivanka being in love with him thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is amazing. And then yeah. there's another one where they've got all these women making pretty eyes at, at Justin Trudeau. And the last one is Trump meeting, making pretty Even eyes. Even he's smiling at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Even he's yeah. infatuated. So Although good. that's not accidental. Um, it's well known that um, the reason he even took the visit, he didn't have any pressing business with Canada. No. But he's trying to do, like Putin, a very Putin-style move, um, kind of associate himself with the youth align himself with a star yeah, yeah. kind of reduce the impact of the of the fact that he's old and trying to kind of align himself with like i'm cool i'm hip i'm sexy i'm yeah I can nothing hang with really Justin. happened and it's funny because there was a I mean, lot of Joe. anxiety before the trudeau trump meeting right mm. canadians were all wringing their hands and going right. like oh my god they're gonna fuck us over and nothing really happened no it was just yeah. a press off. Actually, uh, statistically, more got altered um, between U.S. and um, and Canada under Obama. More things were tweaked than this. But Trump's ego demands that he's like, well, uh, you know, I had to make a couple of changes. But uh, you know, like he, his ego demands that he feels like he he forced some kind of diff- change over the whole proceedings. Right. But really, he made it his own. And the Canadians were chomping at the bit. We yeah. wanted to meet this dude. Yeah, like, seriously. we were all like, when's it going to happen? And we have to, like, part of it was a big Canadian media op too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting thing. We've kind of always had a bit of that inferiority complex where, like, please like us. We're actually smarter and cleaner than you, and we take care of our people, but we really need your approval. <laughs> And your money. And your money. (laughs) But at the same time, Canada has proven that if it's it could stop business with US tomorrow and the entire world is starving for our resources. Well, I thought it was interesting that mere days before the American election, um, we made that deal with Europe, which was just ratified like yesterday or something. Hmm. Yeah. Like literally it was like two days before the election, Trudeau was in Europe Mm -hmm. and that deal almost fell through and they closed the deal. They're clapping. Yeah. I haven't seen clapping at a deal in a long time. That was actually foreign guys like like applauding a deal. It was very deliberate. I mean if the US decides to fuck us over, we've got Europe now. Yeah. Hmm. And uh yeah, but yeah, it's it's such a web. But um it's such a weird thing that we're still prescribed to these old, timey 
things of visibility and how we look and shaking the hands and signing meaningless papers and exchanging those like folders and like shaking that you know that whole monkey dance they do with the mm. world leaders where you just have to sit there like it's almost <laughs> like a, a it's almost like when you're watching porn and you fool yourself enough into thinking this is actually two people having an intimate moment and then it's one of those shitty porns where the f- camera flashes from because someone's taking pictures of this as well that will also be sold as a separate product, and it just completely shocks you out of the moment. You're like you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh yeah, this is totally two people that ran into each other at a at a truck stop, and now we're gonna have dirty, dirty stranger sex. <laughs> you know it's fake, but you you you're, you you suspended a disbelief the same way that you believe that Superman and Batman are actually fighting on the screen. <laughs> But then the flashes start like going. You're like, oh, this is a cynical, <laughs> cynical <laughs> poor so production good. where everyone's just so tired, yeah. so so tired. Yeah, yeah, and you know that the real deals happen over there. Yeah, yeah. it's this whole whole other right. thing. It has nothing to do with this the, is a like, whole song and dance handshake yeah. and the whatever. <laughs> I have to expect them to bring out the big check. <laughs> <laughs> They're the, like the giant check with the balloon. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you won. Which costs $250, by the way. Does it really? Yeah, yeah. I remember because I'd done a charity one point, and they were like, they were arguing about getting the giant check or not. Right. And the irony was that it cost $250 to print that fucking thing. And it's useless like six seconds after you've presented it to the other party. Like, what are you going to do with that giant thing? I think it's actually, it's technically legal tender, right? Like, you can you can cash a big check. <laughs> like, I'd like to send, I would like to send, I, I would like to send a big check to somebody at some point. Oh, my God. Like, somebody, like your landlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This oh sounds like God. a website that we haven't set up yet, man. Printedgiantcheck.com. Yeah, like yeah. S- send payments that you're going to actually make to people who piss you off. We're going to print them fucking extra large. It's better than paying them in pennies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Literally, like you knock at the door, they open, they're like, excuse me, what is this? Oh, here's the rent. And it's just like they jam this <laughs> massive. And it's the same size as the door. Yeah. <laughs> There's two movers trying to like, oh, no, no, okay, lift, 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 no, drop, lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, as they, and you just, that's, they have to take this fucker to the bank. <laughs> and if they call you to complain, you're like, I sent you the money. I paid yeah. you. Fucking deal with it. It's, it's going to come out of my check. account. Yeah. It happens to be concrete. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still legal. It cost me half of the rent to make this thing, but I hate you that much. That's how much I hate you. <laughs> That's how much I hate your ass. I hate the idea of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I paid, so, you know. So go fuck yourself. Mm. All right. Well, Kirsten, um, we are super looking forward to this this yeah. podcast thing you're doing. It's going to be good. And uh, the, uh, I don't know. I just I can't wait to hear like your observations, what you, the, your takeaways, and and how it's going to evolve. I like. I feel like 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 we we. I feel like a proud parent. You are you because it <laughs> never occurred so to fast. me for a minute we that I would the podcast. Seat. That's it. Not for a second. Like until you messaged me and said, "Hey, be on our podcast," Sweet. and I got really excited. That's but great. it never occurred for me a minute for a minute that this was something that I was going to get into. Well, we wish you nothing but absolute success. And I'm sure it's going to be great too. Like you're yeah. you're a natural. I yep. have technical questions though. Oh yeah, well I have yeah, many no technical questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, Richard is here for you 100. <laughs> percent 
100 100 it's not my department no but uh best of luck with that we can't wait to hear it and uh we'll do everything in our power to make sure it's uh we'll give you whatever limited knowledge we have okay to promote its success anything you want to plug while you're uh when you're still with us no do anything else you're keeping on the down low i'm working on a project about cyberbullying which is really interesting interesting but i'm not going to plug it just saying i'm doing it which is really fun, yeah. fascinating. Definitely uh, projects um, welcome in that department. Yeah. Apart from that, nothing to plug. Easy living. Easy living. Take some me time. Heading to Costa Rica <laughs> yeah. for a couple of days. Okay. So if anything cool happens, you got to come back. Well, you're definitely oh, going to come back. Insanely anyway. cool things are going to happen. Okay. I'm going to like a burner style festival on the beach in Costa Rica. Like a weird secret party time thing? Not that secret. Okay. But yeah, I'm happy to come back and tell you all about it. Great. We weren't full of it. Richard, any closing thoughts? No, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. So always a pleasure. Stay away from the ponds, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with your pain. And your internal alligators. Internal alligators. Fire in a hole. Fire in the hole. Out.